Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is the weekly video games podcast where we give our impressions of the games that you can play today and react to the latest news from the wonderful world of video games. We're here every Monday on your favourite podcast app and YouTube, absolutely free. This week, I'm joined once again by the one-time Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz Champion. It's Pac-Man himself. It's Tom Adcock. How's it going? Hello. Uh, yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good to have you back on. And uh, it's been a bit of a news-heavy kind of section with E3 coming in these last few weeks or so. So it'd be good to talk just some raw video games. And you've been playing quite a few, and one of them fairly recently been released. So for once, we're kind of up to date. I mean, ideally, you would have played this in the first weekend, got through it and reported back, but... You're, um, you're not always up to that sort of task, are you? Difficult, mate, isn't it? You want to sort of really get a feel for it. You can't be rushing these things. No, I, I agree. You shouldn't be rushing them where possible. Let's not bugger about. Let's just get straight into it because I always think, oh, it's not going to be long enough. So I'll try and not fill time at the beginning. And at the end, I'm like, it's gone over an hour. And then I start thinking, right, wrap it up. And with Adkins, he just waffles. So you get an extra hour out of him. But um, we're here to talk about, first of all, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, PlayStation 5 exclusive, one of the few PlayStation 5 exclusives out there, joining Returnal and Demon Souls, although there are unverified rumours that Demon Souls may be making its way to other platforms, including the PS4, so watch that space there. But... Ratchet and Clank has been kind of tabled as not the game changer, but it's certainly in the build up, at least to me. I was seeing the trailers, I was seeing the, the Discord, people saying, right, this is it. This game is the reason why you need to have a PS5. It couldn't have been technically done on a, on a PS4 or an Xbox One. It just wouldn't have been possible. And we're going to get to the bottom of that and figure out whether that's actually the case or whether it was all a load of smoke being blown up Sony's arse. Um, first of all, I've not played it. I played the 2016, I think it was, like re-imagining that they did that was based on the film, that was based on the first game, all that bullshit. Um, but I've not played Rift Apart just yet, so I'm out of the picture when it comes to passing opinion, but I will try and all mine in anyway, just from what I've seen. But Mr. Adcock, you've played it. Before laying hands on Rift Apart, had you even played another Ratchet and Clank game? I mean, primarily a Sony property, so you being sort of Nintendo kid and even jumped on the GameCube, I'm, I imagine this series may have passed you by. Yeah, man. My, if cards are on, my, on the table, <clears throat> basically take them off the table because I've mm. never played any of this franchise. The fact that you said there was a film, I had no idea. I don't think so, it did very well. I think it was one of those things no. that people were going, why are they doing that? And Yeah. Yeah. No, so I was, I was coming in pretty blind, um, and obviously, you know, early in the console generation, there's always a lack of games, so sort of sniffing around any new release that comes out. People well, seem to some... have forgotten that fact, that they're re- they're re- very rarely is there a plethora of games to play in the first year or so. You're always 
struggling, aren't you, in that opening year to get stuff? Yeah. And Sony have done a good thing with the uh, those you know PS4 games or games with gold or whatever they call it, the 15 games mm. you've got there. So PS I mean, collection, yeah. That's it, yeah. And obviously with the, the monthly games as well, there is something to play. But yeah, you know, it's this sort of stuff you want to be. It's what gets you excited, right? When it's actual new software on your new console. And the other thing is, I didn't have a PlayStation for a while, so I just no. got one again. And uh, I was like, right, perfect timing for this. So yeah, I thought, why not give it a go? Was you tempted to play through the sort of the reimagining, like the PS4 one that was released, or was you just thinking, no, I'll just jump straight into this one and you know get on with it? Yeah, because I wasn't too sure. Like I, I looked at the trailers and they looked great, but I was a bit like I wasn't really sure what the gameplay was like, so I didn't want it. I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't have like spoiled my mm-hmm. appetite, but you know when you just think, right, just come in fresh, I'd be fine with it. I mean, in my head, it was a bit of a Mario vibe, but the story was pretty light and. Uh, it was more gameplay, so uh, I didn't. I mean, you had a discussion about it, and I, you know, I think I sniffed very briefly. But no, I was pretty happy to go in blind, to be honest. Yeah, that's the uh, that's sometimes the way to do it because you can burn yourself out trying to play the game quickly before the new one comes out, and then you're like, I've played this before, and it can't. It doesn't always feel as fresh. So, given that you've got no real reference point for Ratchet and Clank, did you feel like they did a good job of presenting? some sort of narrative that you could jump onto and not feel like you're missing the inside joke because a lot of there's there's a fair amount of comedy in the Ratchet and Clank games and they certainly at least in the other games reference kind of older characters but is that was that a problem because this is a this has been made out to be a sequel to um not the reimagining but the one before that the the, the bloody name is gone future series whatever that last one I think it was Ah, oh, fuck it, I don't know what it is. But did you feel like you were catered to as a new person jumping on this particular franchise? Yeah, I mean, I guess the tell would, well, the, you know, the real sort of uh, answer would be me watching uh, a retrospective and going, right, yeah, I knew that, that and that, which I haven't done. No. But I feel like they did a really good job. Like, you know, it, it, it starts uh, with like a, you know, no spoilers and here are the spoilers but it's not gonna be spoilers basically you know like the the intro to the game is that yeah is them being applauded for their past sort of endeavors so you kind of get the vibe you right, know okay. have these adventures and stuff they're not dead then ties... <laughs> yeah exactly and uh so yeah it goes from this it kind of you know fills you in you know who these guys are what they've done okay and then you're off and i mean there's one character a pirate fella who i got the gist that he had been in many other games probably all of them and uh mm. didn't really know what the deal was with him if i'm honest uh but everyone else you know they they, they weave a nice little story here anyway like even on its own right. um and yeah you know I, I i they're pretty good at explaining it. it's kind of that pixar vibe you know trying to put a bit of heart in it and yeah, yeah i was on board yeah it was, it was simple enough but also it's a good jumping on point, I would say. There's no fear about coming in on this one and not knowing what's going on. Fair enough, fair enough. I want to backpedal just slightly because I'm trying to understand why this game got purchased from your perspective. You just mentioned not really played the games before. Um, and it's a £70, well, whether you pay £70 or not, I don't know. Probably slightly less than that, depending on where you... £62 from base.com. Other retailers are available. And it came a day early. Came a day early with that, yeah. And Adkins has been slagging off base because they've been coming a day late, and I feel like saying it's your <laughs> fucking postie. It's not. It's not base. Don't slag them off. 
because they're they're producing the goods. So what? Because you just recently rebought the PS Five, and was it just like I kind of need something to play on this now? I don't want to. I don't want to just have rebought it and then have it sitting there collecting dust again. Because a lot of people are making a bit of a fuss out of the seventy pound price tag, which is fair enough because it is a, it is a bit of a significant increase in what you typically would have paid on the old PS4 or even the Xbox One. Yeah, it is a lot, especially, I mean, kind of a marquee game, I guess, in that it's PS5 exclusive, but it's mm. not a long game. You're only looking at about say, 9 to 13, 14 hours, if, you know, some sort of completionist. Mm. So it is a lot, a lot of money for that, but then I also totally get the argument of that, you know, games generally haven't gone up in price no, you've got Game Pass in, on that Xbox One S. Play what you want. Buffet. Always say that, didn't they? It, it, but that's it. Exactly. It's a buffet. How good is it? Go to, you want you want steak? You go to the gourmet steakhouse. You don't sniff around tangs. And what is that? Is that Chinese, Cantonese, or Indian? Don't know. Just stick it in your gob. Just chuck it on your plate. That's the thing with that Game Pass. Like someone spewed up a load of games and you've got to shift through it. It's like going to TK Maxx, this Game Pass. Yeah, or Primark when it's all when yeah. there's a sale on. You might find something decent, but you've got to shift through some shite to get there. <laughs> so you prefer uh, the gourmet experience of just seeing something and picking I'll, it and going, I'll, right, I'll, exactly. have, I'll take a gamble the, on that. Yeah, I wanted the gourmet experience at the lowest price I could find, yep. £62. Yep. And then I was like, right, play that as quickly as I can and sell it for maximum profit. Yes. And that's the vibe. Excellent. So, well, that, that gourmet, that. but stingy. Stick, well, yeah, you've got to try and get your vouchers and your discounts where you can. Was your... You go bankrupt paying out for these gourmet prices. The big fuss made about Ratchet and Clank was a couple of things. One is just how stunning it looks, and it looks—I said it looks pretty good in the trailers, but without having hands-on, sometimes they can sort of mislead slightly. How good does Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart look? And do you did you go in the options and fiddle with any of the modes? I believe there's like a performance mode and a, a graphics mode or a resolution mode. So one that runs faster with the frames per second and one that keeps the the 4k or whatever resolution they're targeting higher so those two questions answer please i'll, I'll answer in reverse so actually nah, first time with me for this i actually played it in the uh in the good looking mode rather than the performance mode yeah. so give me that 4k ray tracing please yep probably not the best thing because it's quite like action heavy this game but yeah. i was like fuck it like i always do it the opposite and it played fine, to be honest. I mean, those extra frames probably would have been helpful. Hey, moving again, through but, mud. Slow. Uh, Crap, we've been told. done all right, mate. Give me that native 4K option. Uh, so, yeah, I played it in that one pretty much like, obviously, I, I, I switched at the beginning yeah. and then stuck when I was like, yeah, I can handle this. You know, it looks super pretty. And to be honest, that is the answer to the next question and why I did it. Like, it, boy, is it a good-looking game. Like, yeah. obviously, it's like, you know, it's a cartoon game, you know, sort of like, it's probably a cliche to say it, like it looks like a Pixar movie, but yeah, it looks incredible. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's for all, for everyone to see really. Second major point was not only does the game look good, but it's, as I said, it's been touted as like the first sort of, I don't know, at what point do we stop saying next gen, just say current gen? I'm not sure if we give it a year or are we supposed to be saying current gen now? Let's decide that now. And stick to it. Till like everyone's got their PS5. When little Timmy, right, in sort of Suffolk gets his PS5 this Christmas. When he can just walk the last when, one. When yeah. Nana can walk in the shop and get it without hassle. That's that's it. Then then it's it's current. It's just okay. it's just 
it's just the console. We're still living in the next gen world. Then we'll we'll keep that terminology around until Timmy gets one. So yeah, the other the other thing that was that was touted was that Rift Apart is the first kind of true. I've put in air quotes here for those that are watching next gen game because it has this rift type dimension switching gameplay. Um, you can kind of pull yourself towards um, the environment and sort of go through like a little dimension shift. It's almost like a teleport, basically, but you're you're pulling the environment towards you, which looks really cool on the trailers. Um, there's claims of it being unbelievable that it's, it's jaw dropping. It's gonna, it could change gaming because of all these zero load times. What say you? You spent probably nine, ten hours of it. Got through the the major campaign. Played enough of it to to see whether this is all bollocks or have they got a point? Are they on to something? And is it something that's uh, worthwhile going out of your way to experience? Mm. This is sort of what sold me on this game. One mm. of the big selling points were these rifts. Yeah, it was running like you know multiple levels at a time, and you can pull bosses into other worlds that load instantly. And I was like, right, I want some of this. Um, right, the medium, Xbox Series X. Right, that that was the first one that was doing this, loading two full parallel levels. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, not getting the plaudits fi- though. Fixed cameras, uh, and you fucking gave up on it as well. We're supposed to do a podcast uh, on it. True. Um, do you know what? This was a little bit. I mean, maybe it was my naivety, but it was actually a little bit disappointing, if I'm honest. In that, for about eighty to ninety percent of the time, the rifts are purely like a way of getting from like platform A to B in yeah. the slower parts of the game, and in the action, more action-heavy parts. You know, similarly, there'll be like four or five rifts around a sort of you know, semi-open space, and it, it you you're pretty much just pulling yourself from point A to point B in the same level, which I, I'm pretty sure has been done in other games. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Now there are some absolutely amazing bits where you will literally jump from like complete world to world yeah. with bosses following you and all kinds of carnage going on, but they're very much sort of like on rails like set piece. Um, you, set pieces. You're not exactly dynamically big, doing what, it and going right. Let's, no. let's get out. Yeah, I think I felt like that it's, was what is going to be the compromise. Was that it exactly? And now that's probably my own like fault, but I thought there was going to be more. I don't know, in my head it was going to be more like level A is, is sitting on top of level B and you can kind of jump between the two at will, mm. you know, to maybe get through puzzle. I mean, bear in mind, I'd never played these games before, so I really didn't know what to expect. No. That was how I interpreted it. But I think you've said this many times before, don't be, don't be interpreting your own games because you're always going to be disappointed. Hype kills games, but, it never makes games. Yes. That's the trouble. Um, but yeah, for me, I've got to admit this. That was a little bit disappointing. If I'm, you know, after a couple of levels and sort of really fathomed it out, mm. it's like mm, it's not what I sort of signed up for. These riffs. <laughs> so he's not happy with that. No. He's not happy with. So, do you think this could have been done on the PS4? Like, say, say the switching between like the on rails bit. Let's focus on that because that's kind of like a bit that everyone's would have seen. Like, could they have not just done the transition just slightly longer whilst it loaded and, like, you wouldn't notice as much? Or is it that quick that actually it needs to kind of, to give you that wow factor and to make it work, it's the speed at which it transitions that simply couldn't be done? Because we've seen those I fucking PS4 load up games, they take two minutes 
to reload a save. Mechanical shit. Yeah. I mean, I ain't a coder, mate, so I can sit here and easily say yeah, but I'm sure that with some different trickery they could, because I'm mm. certainly, you know, the, the the grunt of this is that it's loading in a whole other level, but obviously you're not, especially on the on-rails, the really big ticket bits, there's a shitload going on at that point, because there might be a boss behind you and, you know, you might literally be on rails or flying through the air are with you, all sorts going are you on. You're not shooting and doing any control at this point. It's not just a cutscene, is it? Have you have you just got very no, minimal you've control? No, you've got full. Well, I say full control. You've got minimal control. Yeah, you can, can kind of move around and shoot, but you know, you're, it's all out of your hands essentially. You know, someone's pulling you into the rifts or you're falling into the rift at this point. Mm. So I feel like with some trickery, uh, a lesser console could probably have pulled off the same trick. It might not look as pretty or. Um, you know, in the background, it might be doing the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't see why not. But trouble is, at that know, stage, I, you're then if you're trying to make something like that work on like an old bit of tech, it takes far more time to develop it around the the constraints. I guess it's time and resources yeah, in it and making it work. Yeah. Like you think we could have just pump this out on the PS5 and said, look, not possible, rather than spend half a year trying to make it work. Yeah, and I always feel there's, there's got to be compromises made when you're making things cross-gen. There has to be. Oh, yeah, Which, yeah. you know, and I totally get it from, like, you know, purely a money point of view that when, you know, PS4's got an install base of, you know, several hundred million and PS5 is, you know, a, a fraction of that, mm. you're going to sort of appeal to the masses as much as you can for as long as you can so everyone's sort of jumped shit. But uh, at some point, you've got to kind of just, you know, do this and... and try and make the best game you possibly can and you know fair play to them for going early on this because it is a popular game it probably would have sold a lot more being on ps4 yeah yeah i mean it's, it's a bit of a showcase i guess for the ps5 and they can kind of claim that you know it wasn't possible and for most part they're probably correct but like you said i'm sure there's trickery and ways to work around the issues and, and make it work to a lesser extent but we will we will never know because we're not going to sit down and learn anything ourselves are we so that's not going to happen. I'm not going to educate ourselves in this show. That's not what it's about. It's about ill-informed opinions. Wrong most of the time. But then people say you can't have a wrong opinion. So you're laughing. Now, one of the big things I remember from the uh, the reimagining is just the, the sheer number of weapons and upgrades and how crazy some of the weapons get. Like They're good fun to, to roar around with and, 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 and upgrade and, and grab for Ratchet. What's the Arsenal like on on Rift Apart? Is this a is this a shining star or was it is it a bit too much? Is it like I'm a bit you know I've got paralysis by analysis or whatever it is analysis paralysis. I'm struggling to pick one here. No, I like this is a highlight because obviously again didn't really know much about it going in, yeah. but they're fucking mental the weapons <laughs> and they're a lot of fun. Like my favourite was this. Uh, I'd always sort of go in with the. I don't probably have it on some of the old ones. Or can I talk about them? Is this spoiler territory? I don't know. I don't think. I mean, people. If you don't want to know about the weapons, fast forward for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Three, two, one. Spoilers. Okay. Yeah, well, I, 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 I really general. like this one. It would like a uh, like electric uh, electrocute everyone and sort of. It would. But then I upgraded it to sort of chain react, so I could kind of shoot one person, shoot another, and that would chain to a third, fourth, fifth, yes. and it'd all be kind of going mental. And then I'd just walk up with my nice, like, dare take on a shotgun and just sort of blow oh, the fuck right. out of them. Yeah, yeah, there's so many good weapons. I won't really talk about many others, but they they are a lot of fun. They're really good as well. Like, 
because they're all very novel. I don't. I'm guessing some have come over from other games. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was an absolute highlight to be honest. That's good. That's good to hear because that was that was one of the fun things from the the reimagining. It was one that called like the pixelator that is on the reimagining that would turn the uh, enemies into like eight bit pixels and they'll be weaker. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's like it's some really cool imaginative stuff. I think that's kind of one of the the feathers in Insomniac's cap is being able to come up with those weapons and make them feel fun to play. And like you found out there, you've got like a little synergy going between the electric weapon and the shotgun. And you've you know extrapolated a good tactic to get rid of some of the fodder. One well, that's bit... it. Like, sorry, I was okay. just gonna say, like, by the end, I probably had like twenty weapons or yeah. something. But like, because you're jumping, like, you run out of ammo fairly quick. Yes. Yeah, you know, you're jumping between them, so you have your favourites. I'd almost know exactly the order I wanted to go through them all before I was left, or you know, the ones I was saving for like get me out of a tight spot. So mm. yeah, you really that that's probably to its credit is that you kind of use them all. You know, there's a time and a place for them all, basically. Yeah. There's only one or two duds there. And, you know, for a different play style, maybe that would be decent too. But, yeah, really liked it. So we've got all these wonderful weapons to kill and maim enemies with. Have, have we got any interesting enemies to fight against? Have we got enemy variety and you have to u- utilise different tactics? And then moving a step up, I'm assuming there's bosses in this game. How do they fare? Okay, so yeah, there's a good variety of enemies, like on you know the different levels and like NPCs as well running around. You know, because there's a lot going on in these games. You're in like sort of populated cities, and these rifts are pulling through, you know, different animals and creatures from different worlds. Plus all like the robot things, which I guess are more the staple. Yeah. So you've got a whole bunch, you know, there, and you know, different tactics, different guns work on them, and you know, once you sort of upgrade your guns, you can kind of manage the crowds a bit more. Yeah. Because again, don't know if this is on the old ones, but it gets pretty hectic there sometimes. Yeah um but yeah like they you've got yourself some nice little not only have you got the like firepower they've got some nice little moves it's like um i guess it's like a bit of a um, uh, a dodge but you kind of kind of go a bit invisible like a tell like you know like a three meter teleport is how i'd say it you, yeah uh so you can kind of jump around the screen pretty quick and that sort of keep everyone out of earshot if necessary um bosses a little bit disappointing, if I'm honest. They oh. tend to recycle them right. quite a lot. So that's annoying um, when they do things like that. I remember Halo Five or Five Guardians. They did that. Like it probably, I doubt Ratchet and Clank is as egregious as this, but they pretty much used the same boss for like all of the boss battles, and then they just put more of them in there to make it harder. And I was like, right, that's not really what I'm playing this game for. But carry on ratchet yeah no unfortunately it's a little bit of that vibe not gonna lie come on there there is some variety but not a lot if i'm honest um yeah and that was a bit of a disappointment um really especially with the fact that you have got these you know different rifts and wells you think you could really do a shitload or do something with that but they they decided not to in the most part but yeah so that was a little bit of a disappointment i have to say Whilst we're on the, uh, whilst we're focusing on disappointments, any other things that kind of, you know, jumped out at you is, is is the length of disappointment. Is the is the moment to moment kind of combat a bit of a disappointment? Any any other areas where you feel like that you, they could have improved on? Is it run okay? Is there any bugs? Anything like that to report on? 
so i mean i've got i got a few like a little bit of slowdown and drop frames just i think but it was the, the mode i was on i'm sure in performance it'd be fine just when it got really really crowded a few right. times i was like oh that's chugging a bit there but, you notice it don't you when it I mean, chugs yeah but i mean i'm honestly probably two or three times i noticed that where it's probably just a little bit too much going on and it it just struggled for a second or two um but disappointments <laughs> length uh, it probably is about the right length but to be honest I, it was probably two hours too long for me but and okay maybe that's more in the storytelling just you know when you think you're nearer the end than you are and you're yeah. kind of wanting to see it for to be honest again it probably is me because i'm trying to rush at these some of these games now to get them sold yeah yeah which i had I that think, issue quite it, a lot last gen when i was doing a lot of trading that definitely yeah. hampered me slightly which is why i started moving towards digital if possible because then you haven't you haven't got that hanging over your head of like every day i don't finish this is potentially a couple of quid being knocked off the yeah trading value. I, mean, I, I just need to be less tight really i think i'm going to try to learn a lesson from this but i mean i enjoyed it because i always wanted to keep coming back and playing it but there yeah. was a little bit of that going on and like i said when I, when i thought i was at you know end game yeah i was and i was a few hours out and it did just seem to drag a little bit towards the end god forbid you uh, get stuck on a difficult bit as well because then you start hating the game it's the game's fault then because you're like hang on i need to get this done and i'm getting stuck yeah do you know difficulty is nice i played it on the standard yeah. probably someone who's played one before you might want to ramp it up a little bit i mean i still got stuck well i say stuck just like oh, a few times um, here and there and... well you know i'm a bit special sometimes on the on rail you know there's a few bits again don't know if it's on the other ones but you'll literally be on rails and uh I mean, like grinding with the shoes yeah and there's just a couple of bits where i just couldn't work out where i was meant to go next yeah nothing much any normal person would be fine but i was like what the fuck am i doing wrong here and then a couple of the bosses you know, it gets a bit crowded you can sort of get put down yeah but it's, you know, for the most part, pretty nice. And checkpointing is pretty good. Sometimes you will have to go back a little bit. But to be honest, the gameplay is the strongest suit on this. Well, right. graphics and the gameplay is actually fun to play, like, in the moment. I often found myself getting to a point where I'd get the next sort of story beat. And I'd be like, fuck it, let's just see what's going to go on, what weapon I'm going to unlock. Yeah. And then I'd play it for another 45 minutes, an hour. Like, it is, I feel like I've been a little bit negative on it. But it's not, overall, it's a very good game. It's just... Um, couple of things sort of irks me a little bit but it plays lovely so i haven't really got any more complaints i don't think than what i've said no which is fair enough that's that's completely fair criticism um should it come that way there's a new in in this particular one i'm on if i'm right in understanding this you get to control ratchet clank sometimes at least you could in the other ones and there's also a new um, new character called Rivet, I believe, like a female version of of Ratchet. Um, we've spoken a little bit about the story, but how did you find these characters? Because one of the one of the, the the positives that always comes out of the Ratchet and Clank games is just how strong Ratchet and Clank were in terms of characters and their their sort of laid back and, and teasing nature of one another. They've introduced a third character sort of as into the main team. How does that fit with you? Again, no reference point for the old ones, but. Did it work out for you as a newbie? Yeah, you've actually just reminded me of something. There's some good hosting, so I'll come back to a point in a second. But, uh, we'll yeah, both forget, um, though. That's the thing. The good hosting will be undone by us both forgetting that that's to go back to. No, 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 no. You reminded me of something good. Uh, yeah, she's great. Uh, Rivet is brilliant. Yeah. There's a couple of other characters off the back of her that come into play. So, I mean, essentially, you're playing with like a 
uh, rivet and then a, a replacement for clank as well. Oh, like, okay. But they, you know, you could, you could get broken up in different orders, but they kind of play like for like in terms of yeah. actual gameplay, you know, all the weapons carry over from one character to another. So that's fine. So you never, you know, be a bit annoying if you're doing the Abbey last of us vibe starting with nothing kind of deal that doesn't happen. Um, she's good. And it's like a nice little story. Cause, um, you know, it's not many Lombaxes out there, and it's nice no. to have another one. So she's there. But the bit I was going to say um, about actually is there's, a, I guess they're like mini games. I don't know if there are any other games again, um, but there's one with Clank, and then there's one with, um, I don't know what it is, like a little friend who's basically like going around inside um, a terminal points, basically clearing out viruses. Right. Don't know if they're very good. They're the weakest <laughs> part of the game, actually. Um, so, like the viruses ones, is kind of a bit like a tank shooter, right. but just where you kind of have to go, like you know, uh, look along the floor, and then you invert yourself, like climb up walls and stuff, just to like locate and kill these viruses. Um, it's not a lot to it. It's kind of easy and kind of dumb, and doesn't really change much. You do like a few of them throughout the game. Optional or mandatory. No mandatory. Ah, uh, as well, and then actually, funny enough, the clank one. Um, I thought they were mandatory, and then realised on the very last one that you can just skip the puzzle. And yes, it's like no, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, don't do this. Um, I've heard about this. Yeah, and so I actually skipped the. I done them all, and then I skipped the very like they're broken in. Each one's in like three stages, and so I was on like the third stage of the very last like puzzle and i skipped it because i was like oh is that telling me i can skip it with no like negative no. detriment and yeah let me skip and i was probably like probably lost right, the trophy probably, though so well i probably did but also yeah. i was like this is not that good basically it's like um i mean they're all right it's, it's better of the two but essentially um i guess it's kind of on the rift side basically you've got all these different like versions of clank legging it yeah. and you've got to bring them all together to get out of a door so it's just kind of like raising platforms not lemmings platforms. almost yeah exactly just... you've got these like um there'll be these balls hidden around so you'll kind of have to get yourself around the level first of all to collect these like uh metallic balls and then some of them will make the lemmings which is the perfect name for them like heavier some will make them fly some will make them uh, like with stand electric and then you have to put them at certain points in the level yeah. uh, and they'll also move platforms depending on where they are and things so yeah you just have to figure out what a path for your little lemmings to get through and unlock the next door but to be honest I probably got more into them the first one I was really sort of confused about what to do once I figured out okay these are the rules of this little world mm. they were better uh, and much easier um, but yeah, they're still the weak. You know, gameplay wise, they are the weakest part. Fair enough. Are there any other? The game. Are there any other like side? Is there any side quests or optional? I'm assuming there's like collectibles and stuff you can do. But are there any like? Can you go and do this, and you might get a little mod for your weapon type jobby, or is it all sort of on the main critical path? No. Yeah. So you've got like several worlds to visit, um, and at any point, like you can go back to your ship and actually just get off to another world. Oh, nice. Um, well, I say at any point, like when you complete yeah. a level, it then gives you the option. But they all stay live, and they've all got one or two like side quests on there if you want to look. I've done one just to see, um, and yeah, you know, it'll be things like research more of the Lombax's disappearance, or oh, okay. go find 
this side character's lost workmate or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah they're there if you want to do them. Like, yes, yeah, I thought that's pretty cool actually. The fact that you can go back and do a few little bits, but that sort of stuff's never really for me. I'm just always mainliner, really. Nice. Well, let's move into the back end of these sort of this sort of report of yours of of Rift Apart. I mean, overall thoughts. You've kind of pulled out the bag some nice bits and bits that you really enjoyed, moment to moment gameplay, the way it looks, but also aired some slight grievances, whether it's the slightly disappointing nature of the, the mechanics which were blown up to be, you know, jaw dropping and the the next big thing and um side quests and that those optional puzzle bits. But overall, how's your feeling now you've completed uh, Rift Apart in the, of, of the Ratchet and Clank series. Uh, it's hard. Like, I, it's a, obviously it's a very good game or a good game, mm. and I'm sure if you're a fan of the previous ones, you'll be loving this because it looks wonderful, it plays good, and there's you know a fair amount to do without it overstaying its welcome too much. Is it my type of game? Probably not. Because I mean, Free platform. What? I don't. I, Free... I, yeah, I don't know. I prefer like uh, my favorite Mario is the is the sort of A to B Mario's, not the open worldy type ones. Like I like didn't like Odyssey, did you? I remember there's a... no, and I know it's not Odyssey, but you know when it's just yeah, a bit like slag it off. Now. It's kind of loose. Do you know, I don't know how to explain it. Like loose gameplay where it's like you know it's quite forgiving, like especially like jumps and things. You know, it's yeah. always something to grab onto and whatnot, and it is like fun. Like I said, but. If there was a sequel coming out in a year or two, would I be interested? Probably not. Oh. Like, you know, it's Damning. it's completely fine, but it's just not my kind of game. When I think of like um, the other one, you and I played together. Um, it takes two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about the same to that, but yeah, like not the same. But there were certainly bits that reminded me of it. Mm. Just. You know, if you because obviously the weapons are really fun in this, but they you know essentially all shoot the same yeah, enemies projectiles. Whereas it takes two, you know, kind of had the the gimmicks, but obviously that really affected the gameplay. Um, I, I enjoyed that, like you know, a level more than this, basically. Okay. You know, Fair and enough. also, do you know what? I did think that as I was playing it at one point, the fact that there's two main characters, it maybe you know could have had the multiplayer option there. Mm. Surprised that wasn't cooked in a bit more because you know it seemed like a good idea. I don't know if they've done that before again, but you yeah, know that's think... what I'm saying. Get get that in. Get the co-op Stick in, that there. in there. Get Joseph Farris on the phone. He'll tell you to do co-op game. It's take <laughs> two. So it's, we're going to go. We've, we've reverted back the scoring because the thumbs up thing, as good as it was, it's just a bit like everything's one or two thumbs up, and it got a bit boring if I'm honest. So just going back to out of ten with a point five modifier on there and then anything that's 10 out of 10 is classed as platinum anything that's 9 or 9.5 is gold silver's 8 8 and a half bronze is 7 7 and a half and outside of that you just got your standard numbers don't get a seal of approval from the dimp boys and gals so what say you ratchet and clank rift apart where does it fall on this new but old scoring scale out of 10 she gets a solid eight out of ten. Solid eight. So it sits there with a silver seal of approval. So no disgrace from Sony. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you you actually retrospectively gave It Takes Two an 8.5. So not quite a whole level above it, but, you know, there's, there's a clear difference in your enjoyment of the two. 
which is good to see some yeah. consistency because I know what people are like. Those internet fucks, they'll go back and listen to it and be like, "Oh, you only gave it this." So yeah. the thing is, I think it's also at like the hype level, isn't it? Like this one yeah. did come with a lot of hype, and the key mechanics, you know, some of them were slightly disappointing. Whereas it takes two, I found out about two days before release, never mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah, you know, got to play it hanging out with you and. Yeah, just enjoyed it probably much more than I expected to. Really, it's so. the company of me though. That's the thing. A lot of people say that these podcasts, they like, they dread them. They realise I'm hosting them. They're like, oh, I'll come on, sort of like a little evening out for people. So, you know, I, I can't help but have positive influence on people. To be honest, one of the reasons why I haven't dived two feet into Ratchet and Clank is because I felt like the, the 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 hype was getting a little bit too high, like the marketing and whatnot. And I was watching it. I was like, you know, if I just take a break from this and then come back after release. I might enjoy it more. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So that's what I was, and I'm, I'm playing through Final Fantasy VII. So at some point in the near future, I'll come back and report on that fucking weird game. That certainly has some some peaks and troughs. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, so it's nice to have kind of for me to have that detachment, and then I can go back in the near future and just play it and not be involved in that sort of hype cycle, fucking new release jobby. So um, I'm certainly looking forward to playing it. As we said, eight, eight, eight score is no disgrace, and that's what Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has got from from Pac-Man Adcock. Be interesting to see what Adkins thinks of it when he returns. Um, so I'll definitely get him to do some quick thoughts and see where it falls for him. Um, let's crack on because we actually if we could actually actually might do this and squeeze it in a reasonable time. I've got a game that I had played a little while ago on on Game Pass. Uh, Spirit Farah or Farah? 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 What do you reckon? Spirit Farah. Farah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, nice. it, was yeah. on, it was on Game Pass, and you, you talk about trying to wade through the shit. Like, this is like me trying to do that. I was just like, there's so many games on here. And I thought, well, that looks semi interesting. Just to set it up for people, it's. So basically, you you take the place of of Charon, the old fella that. I don't know, what does he actually do in the in the in the mythology? I don't, you you're the one who's the expert on this. What's that geezer do in the boat? He takes you down the river, doesn't he? He like literally ferries you from the world of the living to the. To the so that's all he does. Yeah. We weren't doing that in eighties. I'll tell you that much. He was messing around trying to sell me stuff. So that's what's thrown me off the scent a little bit. Anyway, you take his you take his place. You're, uh, I believe, a, a girl of sorts, but everything's kind of in that anthropomorphism where yeah. everyone's an animal, so it's difficult to tell sometimes. So you, you take over from, from his gig, and you're the ferry master, so you must sail across this world or this afterworld, I guess, maybe like a purgatory. I don't, again, don't know how they fit it into the actual law. And there are people knocking around in this world that are in the sort of pre-afterlife. You've got to go and pick them up, have a chat with them, find out kind of what their final wishes are, and then eventually assist them in, in those in those challenges or in those endeavours. And eventually you will take them to sort of the crossing over point and they'll disappear. So that's the kind of base of it. It's a, it's a 2D uh, game. There's a lot more... Um, sandbox and sort of management sim than what people are probably expecting so you've got this boat it's not some shitty little crappy little raft that that Charon's got in Hades this is like a big boy ship so on the big boy ship you can build stuff you can tear stuff down you can build like a a bakery or or a kitchen to cook stuff 
Um, you can build houses and dwellings for the people that you're taking on. As it goes on, you can build like a wood fucking factory and a, and a sheet metal place. And essentially, you collect resources off these different islands. You, you choose, you, you plot a point on the map, go to an island, you'll pick up a load of resources, you take them back, make the sheet metal into like a, a proper piece of steel or whatever. And then you use that to upgrade and change and over time make the boat bigger and get all these new bits and pieces and then the people start asking for more advanced things and whatnot so that's the, the gist of it you're doing a lot of that and yeah it's a bit of a strange one because it's it reviewed pretty well sort of like i think it's got like an 83 or an 85 on open critics so i was quite looking forward to see this and it has that kind of appeal where you think, right, if you get attached to these people, all these characters that you're meeting and knocking about with, and then you've got to see them off into the afterlife, that could be a real gut-wrencher. Uh, and I love a good gut-wrencher. But, I have to say, I was a bit disappointed with this. Come on. Uh, it, first of all, it's too long. I think the Xbox app says I've, I've done 28 hours in it. Far, far too long for a game that is essentially resource-collecting and manipulating and trying to keep on top of like people going, oh, I'm hungry. I mean, you can, you don't have to feed them, but they fucking moan. So I'll let some of the pricks starve. Um, so that was, it, it's, it's far too long. Cause there's a lot of like, almost like grinding what you've got to do. You've got to get a shitload of a certain resource to build the next sort of house or the next improvement to a house for the, uh, the, the fucking person that's moaning about, mm, I'm dead, but I want to do this now. So far too long, like 28 hours of doing this, I think they could have done with slimming it down. Um, it, is, it is charming, like the, the, the style and the, and the graphics are, are really nice, like as you'd expect from sort of like a, a decently produced indie game. But really, the real biggest issue is that the stories and the characters that you bump into, like that moment where it should be gut-wrenching to see them go, you're sort of happy but sad, just isn't there. Like I just did not connect with any of these people, and I feel like the game puts a lot of its money on that particular um, play. Like that, it wants you to feel this like emotional moment when when they go away, and they do a good job of like making a scene of it. Like there's all this nice music, and then they'll 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 pop off. But you just, a lot of them, because they were moaning about food all the time, you couldn't be you, you wouldn't be happy, happy to see the fucking back of them. Like, thank God, not that's a, that's one less mouth to feed. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's... is like is the resource management not part of it? Like, so like um, the build boat building and stuff, and getting all these saunas for these people and whatnot. Do you have to do that to advance the story, or is that op like semi-optional or completely optional? Mm. So there's a couple. I think there's a couple of buildings that might be optional, but generally the the requests in order to get rid of them. Okay, to get these people yeah. off the ship and get them over the afterlife, they will request things that require a new building or an upgrade to a building. Typically, some some okay. some like might sprinkle in. Oh, I want to go and see this island and this specific point, and they're quite nice. So you, you travel across the map, take them to that point. And there's like a little you have a little chat with them, um, and that's that could be quite nice. But most of them are like, oh, I want this. I want this. I want a table in my house and. I want it made out of this certain type of wood, and you're like, oh, fucking hell, all right, mate. Not asking for a lie, you're dead, and you're still giving people grief. So there's a lot of hinging on that. And then the other thing they do to 
kind of force you to upgrade your ship is the the map kind of has i think it's three sections so there's like a normal bit that you start in quite big like a number of islands there it's like a top bit off towards the north that it's, it's got like a little splitter. There's like a little little thing that divides that part of the map. And when you get there, if you try and sail over to that point, it's actually ice and icebergs. And you can't sail through that unless you upgrade your ship with like the iceberg remover. Oh, front. the breaker thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's another one for like mist, I think the other one, the other part is. So you, in order to, like say Johnny goes, oh, I want to go to that island and see, you know, where I grew up as a kid or whatever. And it's on the ice part. You can't, you can't progress that one until you've, built the ship enough so it can go through into the ice zone so by by virtue of that you're kind of forced to do that unless you just want to sail around feeding people but and how, yeah and how do these people come on your boat do you have to go and find them or do they just sort of die in the real world and then just appear on your boat yeah no at it's, you, you kind of like when you when you visit an island you'll see they're quite clearly marked as like slightly different spirits like as it's all like the others because loads of like other spirits wandering around that when you talk to them, they just say like random one-liners to, to try and right. like tell you basically what's going on in that particular town. But these ones have like a normally a quest. So you'll kick off a quest and they'll be like, oh, I need help dealing with these people because they're all giving me grief. I'm supposed to be like the trade union rep or whatever. I need, need them to all calm down. So you go into that quest and they're like, oh, I'll come on the ship. Just sort of invite themselves on. So that's a bit annoying. And yeah, <laughs> once, once they're there, you're kind of stuck with them. You can't get rid of them until you bump them off into the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, mm. and then like so, it's generally either finding the resource to build the ship and manipulate that in a way that then it works on your ship, or taking Johnny Douglas Dead Man to like a point on the map. Like, what's on the islands? Is there like puzzles and things, or is it a matter of just like traversing and traversing like platforming right. like two D? Like you can chop okay. down trees, you can pick berries and things like that. And and I saw you got like a little like a uh, like uh, Breath of the Wild like a. Uh, kite thing to yeah you can unlock around that. in that's it yeah so you can kind of jump because some of the levels are actually quite nicely designed like the 2d bits like you can find some good secrets and and well that's what i thought when i looked at like the trailer that. for this a while ago um like it looks really nice for an indie game right it's beautiful like, yeah yeah it is i just think the design of it wasn't quite there and to be honest it it could have sustained it if these if these people that were on the ship i cared about like and it was it had that you get that emotional attachment. And I'll, I'll tell you what I think the problem is. Because I had a very, very similar issue with... I, I think I actually spoke to you about it. It was probably about two years ago on the podcast. Um, a Night in the Woods. Yes, I, I tried this as well, actually. And do you know what I think the problem is? It's not the people being animals bit, because they actually share that in common, which is, you know, ironic. I think I really struggle, this is a personal thing, to connect with characters when they don't have any voice acting like when i have to read every word of dialogue myself i just don't for whatever reason i don't think my brain connects with them which i don't know if that's a strange thing but i was thinking about it the other day i was thinking of maybe it's just because i'm reading through these like paragraphs really quickly at at times because they're talking a fair bit and you're not really taking in the levity of what's being said sometimes and it's the same i had a similar problem with night in the woods i think i said like they're going for this like quite emotional story about um like mental health and stuff and i just i just couldn't connect with it and i think that might be a barrier for me personally is that having to read the dialogue and and kind of 
interpret my own sort of character spin on them, I was struggling with. And for you, it might not be a problem because you read a lot of books, which, you know, you'll, you'll, you have to do if you're going to enjoy a book. You've got to have that imagination. I'm wondering if my lack of book reading's come up and bit me in the arse here. Maybe, but... Or was it just bad I mean, writing? <laughs> well, I was going to say, you must have played older games. You know, I mean, I know you're not the Zelda man, but obviously that's, you know, only until very recently. But, and not even fully but, had voice acting. Go on. That's not pinning its whole hopes on you, like, crying about Zelda's past 100 years ago, is it? Like the... No, but these are games that, you know, won people's hearts with the kind of, you know, overarching story. And I know it is minimalistic, you know, compared to probably what they're going on here but i don't know i mean yeah i mean maybe i mean you know better than me why you haven't connected it's a theory but... i've got mm. it's a theory yeah because like... Like, yeah i mean i enjoyed that night i mean to be honest, i can't remember why i fell off i i just tend to fall off games on game pass to be honest even if i'm sort of enjoying them it's weird yeah again it's like sometimes you feel like, feel like you've got to play loads to make use of it so you think oh, i can't spend too much time on this Maybe, maybe yeah, fall but... off. Or just it's just because the no, if you haven't invested like any, like if you haven't curated it yourself and invested the money, like it's no harm or foul for you just to stop, is there? Other than your own, I think like... that's it. Yeah, I think that maybe for me that is the thing with the Game Pass games is the mm. fact that I haven't invested anything. So it's no if it doesn't absolutely, yeah. So if it's average or it's below, I'm probably bailing. Whereas if I paid for it, I'd probably see it out. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of spirit fairer for me. It was a little bit of a disappointment. I can see what they're going for. Didn't connect with me on like a, on, a, on a personal basis, and I think that a lot of the game kind of relies on that. And where it's getting the highest scores are those people that are probably sobbing each time they dropped off one of these greedy bastards. But you know, it's a shame. I don't take any pleasure in not enjoying games like that because you want to have a great experience. And it just it just wasn't there for me. So score. I'll give it six and a half out of ten, six point five. So misses out on the a bronze, which I think is well, it's low compared to other people. But there you go, mate. That is low. So Steam, ten out of ten on Steam. Ninety-six percent of people like this video game. That's from Google users. Yeah, well, come uh, on, mate. They've all read books, didn't they? Like I said, that's what's done yes, it. Stephen, Stephen King's trained you. He didn't bother with me. He left, hung me out to dry. I'd get an audio book in. I was going to say, you need to get that audio book version of Spiritfarer. It goes up to a nine then, perhaps, probably. I'm actually looking forward to going back and playing Disco Elysium because that was, there's quite a lot of reading in that. But I think they've, one of the upgrades is they've voice acted it all now. Well, funny, do you know when you said that, I was going to ask you that. And I was like, I think you've played it, but I wasn't sure. So I I left it. You have played through it. Yeah, that had some, though. It had some voiceover and Uh, some it didn't. And so it had just enough, I think. Plus, again, the game was focused on the mad sort of way your brain operates. It wasn't heavily, right. heavily reliant. Fair enough. On I just knew there was a lot of dialogue yeah, on oh, choices, yeah. so I assumed. Oh, I said it. I said that's one of the yeah. weaknesses for me was that the, there was a lot of dialogue that had to be read in that. But they seem to have, in the uncut version, uh, rectified that. That's it. Yeah, they have. So maybe there's other apps out there that don't like reading. Who does? I don't know. Who does? Okay. Goes in a bit more, doesn't it? You got to read it off the. I'll put subtitles on. If I wanted to read it though, and some games do come with it on already. So, maybe. I've got this habit now where I'll, I'll watch like movies, uh, t- film, TV with subtitles on, even when they're in English. Mm. And it annoyed. I went to the cinema the other day. It wasn't on. I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I ain't got no subtitles. I don't like this." 
It's uh, I actually don't. I've never done it for a film, but I've done it for a few video games, and generally, I it, I it, you take more. I feel like I take more rings. I can actually see what's being said. Sometimes I can't understand what people are saying, or or the only thing about yeah. subtitles is it annoys me is when they put like the sound effects on. They're like it'll be like stars and say all oh, oh, loud yeah. mute, and you're like I don't want that subtitle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want the. The, the words, the words. That said and, know, also, and also the other thing on. that annoys me is when you kind of glance down you see the subtitle and it's got like a little dash next to it you know something's going to happen to cut them off like they could be shot or it could be someone tackle them or they're not going to finish the sentence and you know that before um before it's happening do you know fun little fact about this uh i watched the office uh well i say recently probably about a year ago with subtitles on and there's a bit with Tim and Dawn, like one of their little emotional bits, and like Tim whispers saying to her, it's inaudible. Oh, yeah, yeah. But on the subtitle, you get it. And I was like, right, well, there you go. I'm learning stuff about The Office 20 years after the fact. So that's it. So get those subtitles on. Learn more about your favourite shows. Excellent. Shelburne's saying closed caption, that's called. So maybe we're saying the wrong word. But when it has words on the screen... People, people know what we mean. There is a difference, and people can tell me the difference on next week's show. Right. Core. Cool. Now we've got a bit of time. We should have saved more time for this, but we'll just talk as long as we need to. But it's been a while since this game released, and people were shocked to see it not getting immediate impressions or reports on, because we know it's a big franchise for, particularly for you, and something that I've got into over the last few years as well. Resident Evil Village, one of the big releases of the year, undoubtedly. People very excited about this game. Um, reviews come in, sitting at about an eighty-four, which I think I thought it would, I thought initially, just from a, a fantasy game perspective, that it would be higher than that. I thought we was going to be looking at something higher, but you know, the, the critics have spoken. It sits there on an eighty-four. Um, Eighth entry or eighth mainline entry, I should say, uh, into the into the franchise. Going back to first person. So first of all, is that a good move from your perspective? Having played through Resident Evil Seven in Village, they've stuck with Ethan. They've stuck with first person. Correct decision, or should they be looking at other things to do here? Uh, yeah, no correct decision for me. Um... I, I like their little format at the moment with like the mainline games or the continuation of the mainline games being first person and then doing the uh, the remasters um, in, of the, the older third person games. I think it works great. So best of both worlds. I prefer the third person probably for me, but just because they're the old ones I grew up on. But I love how they just they're quite happy to kind of chop and change with this like game, but always keep it you know, feeling like a Resident Evil game. So now it's fine with the first person. It makes sense, you know. Yep. Ethan's story is not yet done, I guess. So yeah. bash out another game with him. Why would you change it, really? And also, I don't know. I don't really understand why he's, like, a hidden character. Like, we haven't seen his face yet. They do a good job of just obscuring him. Yeah, but for, I feel like for no... I mean, unless there's going to be some huge reveal down the line, but I'm just like, I don't it's understand Wesker. that. People be yeah, like, oh. exactly. Leon Kennedy and Wesker combined or something. Yeah, <laughs> don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. I don't know how you feel about it. but No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really liked Resident Evil 7. Um, I played it out of sync. So I played 7 after 2. 
And two's, yeah. I mean, I've not played a, a ton of those, you know, those Resident Evil games, but two, one of my fa- two remake, one of my favourite video games of last gen. So it doesn't even matter if it's part of the Resident Evil series. I fucking love that game. But equally, when I played seven, wasn't perfect, but you know, if you want to get back the fear factor in survival horror, that's one way of doing it. Is chucking it in first person. That that dirty old ranch yeah. was uh, was not a good place to be. With those baker fucks roaring round. Um, just quickly, subtitles provide a text alternative for dialogue or video footage. Closed captions, on the other hand, not only supplement the dialogue but other relevant parts of the soundtrack, describing background noises, phones ringing, and other audio cues that need describing. So subtitles are the way to want. go. Yeah, you don't want closed captions on. So if anyone who's got confused, there you go. Thanks to Shelley for pointing out our mistakes or lack of knowledge. Anyway, seven good. Keep it going. And it's Ethan's story. Makes sense. Now, this is a... The name's Village, not not seven biohazards. So we know that we're going to be roaring rounds in a village, a bit more open and whatnot. This felt like quite a big shift in tone. I don't know if you agree with that, in that it, Seven, to me, is actually quite a scary game, especially in the early goings of that. Like, opening sort of act is quite terrifying. I felt like Village never really got there for me with that. Like, it was even from, like, maybe not the very beginning, because they kind of, you know, there's a lot of scripted scares and whatnot, but as you get into it, just... Isn't doesn't seem to be as scary a game. Is that is that something you're in agreement with? And if you are, is that a good or a bad thing? It depends where you're coming from. I think if you're more of like an action-oriented fan, you're going to probably prefer this. But I'm definitely in your boat where I think Res is strongest, where you've got that kind of location that is almost like another character. So be it the mansion from the first game, the ranch from yeah. uh, Baker Ranch from like seven, the police station from two. Like, I think that's like, that's when it's its strongest and when it's stripped back and when, you know, it's slow paced and, you know, the scares are there and, and really the fear factor from not having the ammo, um, mm-hmm. you know, and having to be strategic about what you fight. Like I always remember playing two, the remake even, and just knowing that you've got to kind of make a run from like East, bottom floor to like north second floor and knowing that those fucking liquor fucks are out or hunters or whatever they're called yeah. just like literally realizing you haven't really got the ammo to deal with it your health might be a bit fucked you know and and it's horrible it's terrifying you know whereas this one um you know because basically it obviously leans heavily on on four which i think you've played briefly yeah, uh, which you know, yeah. it's it's you know renowned. It's one of the best in the franchise. A lot of people will tell best you. Best game ever made. But, someone tells me. Well, yeah, people will tell you that. Okay, but it's silly, a much more they? action-heavy mm. game in the in the franchise. And um, similarly with this, like as you say, because you can, you know, you can up buy your 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 weapons. There's like a shop system, as well as finding them, and they do seem to be more plentiful. You never really feel like weak if you know what i mean i always had plenty of ammo to yeah. take on whatever was coming at me and so yeah it definitely didn't ever have that that fear factor that i had in in seven or two yeah well let's let's talk about the shop itself because as well as like i thought like the tone shifting um not not quite as, as survival horrorish or, or even as, as scary really 
or even tense sometimes, or maybe that's a bit subjective because there are bits in it where you're a bit like, Ooh. but um, the shop itself, like the Duke, the big slob that everyone's seen, um, he will sell you ammo, he will sell you weapons, he'll sell you upgrades for your weapons. You can sell old weapons to him to free up space, which I didn't realize until like near the end. So I was like carrying around like free shotguns. I was like, I ain't got any room here. And I was like, I can just sell it to him. <laughs> for some reason in my head, I felt like I needed the old shotguns. It had a specific yeah, purpose, yeah. but you know, I got rid of it. I eventually sussed it out and sold it up and I had like yeah. a shitload of money. Did you um, ever do the cooking by the way? Did I have to, or did I do it? But did you ever do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I never, I, I, I sort of fucked that. I realised too late, basically, and, and never actually got around to it, which is a bit annoying. Yeah. I mean, it all ties into this this duke, though, this, this yeah, merchant, yeah. the merchant, because he, not only can you buy and sell things from him, as, as Adcock points out there, you can you can take him ingredients and he can cook food of them. So, for example, in, in the village which is kind of like a little open-y hub area, which I kind of quite liked, and we'll get into that. But you you might see, like, a chicken running around. If you kill the chicken, you'll get a resource of, like, raw meat. If you take it back to the Duke, you can trade... You can get him to cook four bits of raw meat, and he'll give you a meal. It'll be called, like, I don't know, chicken salad or whatever. And it'll give you a permanent upgrade to Ethan, so it might increase your blocking efficiency. Um, it might make your... Um, It'll make you faster to move, might give you increased health, it might make your healing increase. So there's and there's other animals as well, and you, you, you can I think you can actually up unlock them all if you if you're far enough. I never did. I got like most of them other than a couple. But again, it's playing into this idea that actually in village you have a shitload more options that make you far less vulnerable than what you would have been in seven um or, or anything, in, or even in 2, which is obviously the, the remake. So how did you find that? Because I think that's a, a point of controversy for some fans in that he's a pretty big safety net, and you, you pick... When you kill an enemy, for example, you'll pick up, like, a treasure that you can sell to him for money, and then you, you can buy, like, 20 shotgun shells or gunpowder or healing items. Like, it's quite a shift from playing two and especially in seven i guess because seven was a lot more of a survival horror game um to this sort of this this package where you will be doing a good job or probably a bad job at aiming if you run out of bullets and are really struggling so i it's, it's what i said before really it's it's not for me i prefer the more sort of pure experience but I also I think you know it's nice for them to have a change up. It's you know it's what I like about the series. You're going to get something different every time, mm. but it does feel like a safety net. It, on the plus side, it makes me it definitely made me like search Absolutely. all the areas. Yes, because yeah, not only will you get these treasures from killing people, but there's puzzles, there's you know hidden secrets that are all you know just things to shoot. You know cages hanging up that might have something in that drops That's down. It, it's yeah. a diamond or the, a jewel. There's treasures so, that you can combine together as well. So yeah, you could pick up exactly. a ring and it will say combinable. And you might pick up an eyeball later that will go in the ring and it makes the treasure more valuable, yeah, valuable. To, that, to, yeah. to Duke. I quite like that, yeah. And that, so, that factored into like the little village area where you'd come back to after like visiting a, a, a location and it would unlock like another 15% of the village because you might have got a key and you can go and explore and find all the secrets in there. The map returns, it tells you whether you've 
found everything in the room or not. So if it's red, there's still stuff in there. If it's blue, you're good to go. So that's really helpful for people trying to go I love that crazy map. It's yeah. so it's Tom proof. I'm useless at finding my way around yeah. and know what to do. The fact that yeah, it just tells you exactly you know when you're done with saying move on, you ain't need to go back there. Perfect. It tells you all the keys and what key you need. Yeah. So you know you can or can't go there. Um so I, I really kind of enjoyed that part of it. Like the, the coming back to the um to the village and just going through like a new little little area and there's normally like a new enemy type or enemies there to, to deal with but that was I found that was when I was at my happiest and that was probably after like the second location and I yeah. really, really enjoyed that um, but then after that it it lost its kind of appeal to me a little bit because I'd done most of it I guess at that point so maybe maybe if it was a bit bigger I'd have it would have kept my interest a bit longer but um, certainly that that opening that, that sort of open area that you can explore is 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 a good laugh to to roar around in, and because you are a bit more well equipped, I guess you're more. At least I was. I felt more confident to go exploring. Whereas, yeah, I think in seven, a lot of the time I was like, I just need to get through this bit. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm if I find an herb in the corner, around that corner, that's fine. I don't really care about that. I need to get away and survive this. So it was it was a different approach. Speaking of kind of like bosses and locations don't want to spoil things for people because there's going to be a lot of people picking this up probably this summer on the cheap when it's on, when it's on sale but what did you think of i guess the the setting so we've got this village um the surrounding settings and some of like the characters and the bosses that you meet were they up to well i don't know if resi's necessarily got a high standard consistently but typically people remember the good ones and forget the bad ones yeah so i think locations were decent they kind of went for almost like a, a rerun of the bakers where you kind of introduced to the, the enemies the bosses i guess very early yeah and you kind of know that they're the people you're gonna be meeting later on and then they all inhabit like an area don't they yeah you kind of visit them in in order um i mean they're all very different um and very different for like resi i think they vary in quality um i think um the early parts are, are the strongest i won't spoil anything there's a certain part where it kind of becomes very like stripped back almost pt-esque which i thought was a highlight mm. uh, and the first area i thought was good too with lady dumitresk or whatever her name is i think had they have known like how much the internet was going to love her they probably would have given her a bit more of a, a you know just integrated her more or saved her for later or kept her coming back a bit more because it did surprise me kind of how short she was like in the game. I actually quite liked the fact that that's like one of the first sort of areas you kind of go to once it's once it's opened up simply because once that was finished then everything after that I was like I don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah. Like, I have no yeah, idea what or who these other people are what, what I'm going to bump into like my assumption would have was going in that she was going to factor in throughout the game and be like the reoccurring enemy right but yeah once you kind of deal with that area like after that i was like I've, this is all new to me i've not seen any footage i don't know where i'm going to go what i'm going to bump into um and that i think kind of enhanced it but you're right like because she was so popular it must have been it's too late by this by the time they showed her anyway they're not going to change the design of the game but there must have been someone there tempting to think oh maybe we yeah. could just include it but they did announce that there's going to be some DLC happening. So nah. the rumour is that, well, the hope is for some people that you play as her or it's kind of involved in her story. I can't believe they didn't have this DLC almost ready to go. Like It's almost like they were caught off guard that people would want it. 
I, I like, heard this. He's like, oh, we, we're going to start. We're going like, to gonna start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're surprised the village is done well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christ. Yeah, right. The Indie Project. What's you, that? Go back to Seven. They had stuff ready to go pretty much from yeah. like the, 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 the get-go. It's madness. Sometimes I just think they, they, they can't be asked. They're like, well, people will just play that and forget about it. It's like, of course they won't. It's Resident Evil. If it's not shit, you're going to have people who want more of this. And considering how well they did with the seven dlc that's probably what spurred people on to be like oh i want more of this if they did that good a job they've got it in their locker but you know that's that but um yeah so uh, another thing that kind of t- it doesn't tie into the locations of the bosses but story now i'll be the first to say this is not the most grounded story if you look through the resident evil timeline all sorts of mad shit going on all sorts of abominations, double crosses, and you know stuff that's just like implausible, but it's good fun. This village, at times, felt like it was almost on a different level to even the maddest of mad stuff in the Resident Evil franchise. I don't know if I'm off base with that, but they throw the kitchen sink at this one, and don't they don't hold anything back. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit worried about that going in when there was werewolves, vampires, you know, mm. all sorts going on. Um, but I actually was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed the story. And mm. I think because of the story, I was going to say, like, I feel like uh, I think you might have one of the strongest endings to a Re- I feel like the Resident games, you know, kind of really always for me, being a big fan, I always think the first, like, two thirds are much stronger than the last third. Yeah. And I feel like this one, I mean... I'm not going to say it goes up there in the pantheon of the great Resi games for me, potentially. Yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the last like, few locations, what was going on in the story. I was really keen to see the end and find out what, you know, what was happening. So uh, for that, for me, that was quite a strong point. And I think because, you know, I went in a little bit worried and thinking, fuck here now, what are they, how are they going to marry this all up? Mm. And I actually think they did all right with it, to be honest, considering you know what I saw in the trailers and whatnot. Yeah, I think there's, there's for people that have been playing the game since one, like it's considering how segregated seven was to like the rest of the franchise, like it's very it's like a tiny bit of like connecting tissue in that game, but throughout it feels like a completely different almost universe that you're playing in. This one's a little bit more focused on you know the franchise of Resident Evil, those long-term fans will, will be finding out things that they've probably either thought would happened or would hoped happened or going to be completely surprised about what sort of direction they take it. So it feels like they put a bit more effort into connecting it up to the old ones, which I don't know if that's either a good or a bad thing, but it's, it's there for people. If they, <laughs> no, I like it because it, it is very different. It's just a couple of like big lore drops late on and you know in the game if you look for it. And to yes. be honest, I think, you know, for someone, even like you, I know you've watched a lot of retrospectives, but, you know, they're just names. You're probably like, oh, yeah, so yeah. I think I've heard that before. But if you are a fan of that sort of stuff, you know, it's quite nice then that it is connecting it back to the, the old school games as well. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on combat or moment-to-moment gameplay? Obviously, it feels very similar to Seven, first-person um, shooting primarily. But you've got a lot more, uh, as we've mentioned, like ammo and weapons, and a bit more of an arsenal. So there's a lot more. There's a lot more shooting, shooting and action in, in eight. In, can't call it eight in village compared to seven. How did you find the sort of moment to moment bits when things got hot and heavy? Well, did it stand up to scrutiny? 
Yes, yeah, yeah, it played lovely. I thought. I mean, there's some bits with a lot going on, like late on, like the uh, where we'll start kicking in. Um, yeah. So in that respect, fine. Uh, I just think it's just it just then becomes a bit of an action game, doesn't it? It's almost irrelevant what you're shooting at because you've got plenty of bullets and they're just coming at you thick and fast. So it, it kind of makes it more fun to play. You know, like when a survival horror is a pure survival horror. Yeah. It is more like you play. You kind of like it's you relief. only ever enjoy it. Yeah, you enjoy it in retrospect. At yeah. the time, you're like, just get me to a safe point, yeah. just get me through this level, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll turn yeah. it off for the night. It doesn't often feel like that in this. You just kind of plowing through people in those kind of big set piece kind of bits, and then you know you move on. It's like you so said, you're never really fearful particularly. Mm. Um, it's just more like you're having fun plowing things down. Yeah, fair enough. I would tend to agree with that. Come on then, overall thoughts, sort of a little synopsis. Resident Evil Village, eighth mainline entry. They've dropped the eight. You can't. Even, it's not even listed as Resident Evil Eight Village, which I assumed was what was going to happen. But it's literally called Resident Evil Village. What say you? I mean, I enjoyed it. I probably because basically the way I see these games, they're kind of in a little cycle. You got like you got one, and then you got two three of the first ones and it kind of goes good well great and then i think two's a highlight and then three kind of maybe comes off the boil a little bit then you go to the more action ones you've got four which is great five actually isn't amazing and then six goes off the boil completely yeah and then you got the reboot seven so i was kind of thinking eight this could be an absolute standout you know like in the first person mode really just sort of double down on everything learn from the other one yeah maybe it hasn't quite done that maybe it's more like what five was to four, but that's maybe a bit harsh. This is a better game than five. Mm. But um, I, like I said, um, I like Duke as a character. Ironically, I like the way he sort of feeds into the story a bit later on as well. Mm. And he becomes more than just sort of merchant as such. Mm-hmm. Um, literally playing some more story points there to realize. Well, maybe we'll see. Fucked it now. Live. Um, and so because of that, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an 8 again. An 8 out of 10. Solid 8. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I've already... Yeah, 8 for me as well. Another silver. I was toying with an 8.5 and I was like, yeah. Because obviously it's been out a while and we played it pretty much on release, I I kind of like to do these things later on because you kind of... Well, things digest, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think initially, had we done it in the week after we both finished it, that may have been you know, half a grade higher. But when you look back, I think how memorable was some of those bits and pieces? How much, how do, how do I feel about it now that I've played maybe part of another game or, or, or in the middle of something else? And yeah, I think an eight, eight's fair enough. Like it's, it's, it's a solid, solid enough score. And that's a, it's a good game. Like if you enjoyed, but I can't see how you could enjoy seven and not this because the, Unless you're really going for like, oh, I want to be terrified and scared, then maybe put it on the hardest difficulty and deal with that fucking, those bullet sponges. You won't have many bullets left then. But other than that, I think like for those that enjoyed 7, this is like an expansion of that. Yes, sort of like I I get the tonal shifts that are are taking place, but um, I enjoyed it. A worthwhile purchase. Sort of that was the first game I played on the new PC as well which wasn't actually the best place to play it. It's had a few issues in terms of like performance on there. Um, 
like stutters when those sisters come after you and all those fucking flies or shit fly in your face. Like, oh, yeah. It struggles a bit there, but um, good experience. Another solid entry. And uh, probably the, the trouble it had was Seven was such a left field direction for this franchise that. Absolutely. You know, it was the the trick the, the hand had already been shown and it had to be just building on that they couldn't they couldn't do anything else to to make it kind of like a brand new thing where would you put it out of the two because I want to ask about remake two because I think like you that's like top that doesn't even remake two is like one of the best like but seven yeah, and, think... seven and eight are quite similar and obviously eight eight village is a sequel to to seven so did it did it pip its younger brother or is it no, not, not for me, but I think for the reasons, you know, well, two oh, reasons. Brother. One, like you said, like, you know, the, the, the uh, Seven was a complete turn of force and, you know, didn't really know what to expect and stripped back, you know, almost felt like a completely different game for, you know, four-fifths of it, really. It's only yeah. At the end, they really, again, tied it together with the older stuff. Um, so I, I preferred Seven. Uh, I'd probably, you know, need to play that again, which I don't generally do with these games. I don't, you know, mm. cause basically once you know item locations and you do the new game plus and you've got the better weapons, you can you can fly through these games, to be fair. One thing I would say about Village is it's more appealing to me to go back and play this again with, like, items and being buffed yeah. up. Because like, it's more action-focused. Le- the replayability, yep. I felt, was a bit stronger in Village than it is in Seven. Yeah, I mean, like my favourite, I mean, the only one I have done is two because you get the like, yeah. dual storylines and to see the whole game, you kind of need to do both, really. So, yeah, but no, I totally get that. But I, I preferred Seven, like the experience of playing Seven. I think, you know, a year from now, that'll be the one I yeah. kind of remember more. There'll be a couple of standout bits from this. But it's like by no means a dud. I think these no. games, you know, for me, there's only been one dud in the in the mainline series, the yeah. one you and I opened on. Yeah. Five. Uh, uh, no, six, six wasn't it? Sorry, yeah. Five, yeah, sorry, six, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. It even wipes it from a memory. It, 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 the trouble with six was it was like we had four, everyone, well, people loved it. People played five, and I was like, okay, that's good, but it's, we've got some issues actually starting to rear their head. And then six was just a disaster, and it felt like it was just in decline. It like hit this peak at four. And it was just going to slip down and down and down. Yeah, absolutely. And seven come along, and in my opinion, kind of reversed that and got them back in the good books. So yeah. it could have been a time when Resident Evil was just like a bad old franchise hanging around for its last like scraps from like, the fans going, oh, it's still the best. Well, I think there's some big gaps between like four, five, and six particularly. And I think, you know, four was massive. I think maybe there's a five-year gap between four and five. And, you know, just... New How relevant at the is time it by that point? Like you, it's such a big gap. But and then obviously five not being anything special, and then six being poor. <laughs> you are sort of wondering, but now they've got sort of this really nice. Like I love what they do. Like it doesn't even matter to me that you know village isn't an absolute banger basically because yeah. I'm now like oh is four remake coming? Is one remake coming? Like what are they going to do next? Is there a code Veronica like this? You know, you're probably not going to be more than a year or two away from something else in this world coming out. No. And then, you know, this story's probably still got some legs to it or characters in the story or something in this world. So, yeah, I reckon one more in first person and then see how we go, I guess. Excellent. So that's Resident Evil Village. Glad to finally get to that. And, yeah, different approach, taking some time away from it and then coming back gives you definitely a different perspective because... 
you can get snarled up in the hype train. Um, yep. That was the planned it. I'm just going to ask one question. Shoot. Super Mario Maker 2. Ooh. You played a lot yes. of that on that Switch this year. Did you play through the campaign on that? New. New. New campaign. No. Did new play the campaign? I think, do you know what? It must have one because I had Mario Maker 1 mm. on 3DS. And uh, yeah, there was like a, a sort of campaign. So I imagine the same thing exists. But no, I only played making the levels basically so you so you played mario maker making the levels not playing others yeah well exactly you played it how it's meant the purest experience make those levels play those levels quick faults bloody amazing that it, it depends what you got though because there's a few ways to play it, i guess one would be solo and you just play the campaign and mess around on your own levels two would be to upload the levels, play the ones online, which could be a lot of fun, I guess. Yeah. Three was how I done it, which um, personally I think was great. Uh, I had a family member and nephew stay with me through one of the lockdowns, and uh, like basically I would make a level in the evening that he would play in the morning, and right. he would make one in the morning that I would nice. play like in the evening or lunchtime, and it was pretty amazing to yeah. be honest loved it there's there's so much in this game like we were finding stuff so we played it solidly for about two months i'd say like every day and then slowly you know it's one of those things you just stop doing it and then it's out of sight out of mind yeah but i would say that if you got like especially for kids and stuff like if you wanted to get kids into like the fundamentals of like even like game design and stuff well, what makes for like a fun level because at first you just throw everything in there you know like literally just shit up the screen with every enemy type and then pretty soon you realize that's just not actually fun yeah to play and you know then we were really trying to craft good levels towards the end or at least like relevant levels we'll watch a film and then we'll try and make a level based on the film later on we found that there's actually other characters you can turn mario into link and have link running around with his arrows yeah. and stuff like they have put so much content into the updates on this it's actually incredible nice and when you look at like youtube and twitch and see what other people you know people who are actually talented at this can do right man it's amazing it's the only thing is nintendo in it so it's still probably 50 quid yeah and like i think you need the right setup if you've got kids if you've got someone else to play it with or you're going to play online then i'd say absolute it's a joy but obviously it depends what your sort of situation is. And cause if you're making games and you're the only one that's going to play them or send them out into the ether that no one's going to play. Get no feedback. Yeah. Wow. Like I just don't know what you're getting out of it then. Cause I mean, to be honest, if you like Mario, probably the, the little campaign is probably very good still, but yeah. uh, I don't know if it's worth, you know, 45, 50 quid or whatever they're going to charge you for it still. Nope. That's fair enough. I'll leave it there for that. So those that yes. maybe have that set up can make, best use of it right that's it you're dismissed so fair enough good job crammed a lot into that one did, did go longer than anticipated but there you go rather than forgetting about things and saving them just cram them in that's it yeah. bit, bit of Resident Evil bit of Ratchet and Clank Spirit Spiritfarer always leave them wanting less yes run them into the ground if you exactly. want, if you want less, the only way to get rid of us is to pay us. So patreon.com forward slash dimp digital, you can commit to some money, and if we get to a certain point, we'll pack up. How about we do that deal? Set that as a goal. <laughs> yeah. Other way to do it: twitch.tv slash dimp digital, 
and you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Idle Game Chat does stream live on there. No set schedule, just randomly whenever we can fit these in. So if you want to be the one of the first to sort of watch or listen to it, that's the way to do it. But, you know, is there value in that? There is if you're a subscriber. Link uh, Twitch Prime, then you can do it for free. And then you ain't got to pay out and you'll get rid of us quicker. So I think that's it. Call it off. Shut it down. Let people get on with their lives. So thanks for your time, Adcock, on this particular right. edition. And everyone else out there, thanks for your time. And ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.